Are you ready to enhance your future in tech? Then it's time to make your move to the UK. The nation that has more tech unicorns than France, Germany and Sweden combined. The nation that was third in the world to have a $1 trillion tech sector valuation. The nation where great talent comes together. Visit gov.uk forward slash great talent to see how you can work, live and move to the UK. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. This is Newsroom Robots, the podcast where we explore the intersection of artificial intelligence and the news industry. I'm Nikita Roy, data scientist, media entrepreneur, and one of the many founders currently building their ventures at the Harvard Innovation Labs. On the Newsroom Robots, I'm excited to bring you insightful conversations with industry experts about how AI is impacting the way we do journalism. I'm excited to have Tim O'Rourke as our guest. Tim is the Vice President of Content Strategy at Hearst Newspapers. He leads the group's DevHub Editorial Engineering and Content Strategy team that partners with local newsrooms across the brand on innovative projects and growth strategies. Previously, Tim was the Director of Product and Strategy for the San Francisco Chronicle, where he supervised the newsroom's product staff, directed data-driven coverage, and oversaw the development of interactive projects and journalist tools for Hearst Newspapers. In our conversation today, we discuss Tim's journey in establishing the DevHub team. We look at his team's collaborative process with newsrooms to develop tools, striking a balance between caution and innovation, and discuss what generative AI could mean to the future of local journalism. Hi, Tim. Welcome to Newsroom Robots. I'm really excited today to learn more about the work you're doing at Hearst and how you're approaching AI. Great to be here. Great to meet you. So, Tim, I've been keeping an eye on the exciting work you and the DevHub team at Hearst Newspapers have been doing. And you've really built this cross-disciplinary team that's making a significant impact on local journalism across the various publications under the Hearst brand. So to kick off today's conversation, I'd love to hear more about your personal journey in establishing and leading that DevHub team. And could you tell us more about how your team collaborates with the different publications to develop innovative news tools? 
Yeah. So it's been a long road, a really fulfilling one. And I think our whole deal is we're local. We're proud of it. You know, we focus on local. We we know where our lane is and we really want to just serve our readers in our local communities. I was in the San Francisco Chronicle newsroom for nearly a decade and did a bunch of different jobs there. At one point I was the managing editor for digital and one of my teams was a small band of really, really smart awesome developers. And they were doing such amazing work that people started taking notice of what they were doing. And I kind of just helped clear a path for them so that they could perform. And, you know, the the work in SF was really successful. And Hearst, to its credit, has continuously invested in dev and, and data journalism. And so they allowed us to grow. And part of that was, can we expand and build reader tools, projects, templates, newsroom tools for the other Hearst newspaper markets in Houston, San Antonio, Connecticut, New York, and other places. So that was about 2020, right when the pandemic was taking hold. And we, you know, we kind of, we left the SF Chronicle newsroom because everybody was leaving everywhere, right? And we were going back back home and, and that, that kind of put everybody on the same plane. And we were able to, to figure out how to work with these other newsrooms where we weren't located. And over the course of the past couple of years, we've gone from being an embedded San Francisco Chronicle team that served other H&P Hearst markets to one that is officially part of the H&P Hearst central team that's mandate is to serve every market, including San Francisco. So we've been able to, to grow the team each year through investments from Hearst. And the, the, the results have really been successful. And we, we keep bringing in really sharp people to do awesome work in a lot of different areas. And the whole thing's built on collaboration with our, with our local leaders and markets. And how does your entire DevOps team really integrate with the rest of the content strategy for the publications at Hearst to help them power the journalism that they do? Yeah, so I'll give a quick kind of structure framework without getting too in the weeds here. But, you know, one half of the DevOps is editorial engineering, visual storytelling, you know, development, interactivity, you know, interactive experiences, data-driven journalism, that side of the the game. And then the other is is audience development and more content strategy, newsroom transformation, you know, tactical applications for local journalism. So those are two totally different approaches. The dev hub team, the, the traditional dev hub that does the engineering and, and visual storytelling, you know, they work in collaboration with different folks in each of the markets. And, you know, sometimes it's partner projects where we're all coming together and we're you know, building stuff, you know, piece by piece together, say with graphics journalists or photographers or producers or or editors. And then sometimes we're creating, you know, templates or tools that the newsrooms then use to create their own projects. So we keep a a catalog of about 30 different templates that are interactive in nature. And, and, you know, it could be, you know, interactive map-based pages, or it could be, you know, a visual essay with, you know, screen filling images or, or all kinds of different stuff. And we maintain those, we improve upon them, and and we work with the markets as they publish projects through that framework. And we also work with them on on one-off projects. On the audience development and content strategy side, it's more working with the editors-in-chief, working with the managing editors, figuring out what strategies are working best in some markets. Maybe it's different, maybe it's the same. We don't try to cookie-cutter it or top-down it. And really figuring out what's the best solution to help grow local journalism in each of our markets. And the markets are, are much different. And I think a big learning for us over the past few years has been to embrace that and say, you know, what works in San Francisco might only work in San Francisco, but also to be on the lookout for, for what things do travel across the different markets. And I'm trying to understand more on like the process in which you're able to come up with these tools. Is that a lot of direction coming from the newsrooms to the editorial engineering teams? 
Or is it part of a larger strategy that the DevHub team is working on to empower all of the local journalists to do their work and enhance it with the kind of automation tools that they're building? Yeah, so we we stress collaboration so that everybody's sick of hearing the word collaboration, but it's so true. I mean, if you know, we could build the greatest thing in the world, and if the newsroom's not bought in, it won't work. And you know, we're also not a service desk, so we really preach that we want ideas to flow both ways. And some of the best ideas we've ever had came straight from the newsroom, maybe from a reporter, maybe from an editor, a photographer, producer, graphics journalist, whoever. And then my team also they develop their own projects and then they work with the local markets to make sure that, that they're being localized properly. And, you know, it's really how can we do the highest quality journalism in the most efficient, smart way possible and try not to get hung up on whose idea is whose and, you know, who's the ultimate owner because the bottom line is the ultimate owner is the readers. And we want to build things that the readers, you know, really appreciate and interact with and keep coming back to our, our websites for. So you're stressing upon the word collaboration, and I'm really interested to know more about kind of how you're getting buy-in from newsrooms and so many different people, especially with a lot of evolution going on with the technology right now. How are you able to kind of help them understand the importance of it and get them to change the way that they've been approaching the way they do journalism? Yeah. Well, again, I, I think we, number one, we came from a local newsroom. So we know that most of the time the ideas coming from them are the ones that are going to work the best. So, you know, we learn from them just like they might learn from us. I think it's definitely harder being a distributed hybrid team. You know, we're in different offices. We have people in in Texas. We have, you know, I'm in San Francisco. I go into the San Francisco newsroom still. There's people in the Hearst Tower in New York City. And it. I think we just have to over communicate. And we, we meet with the markets multiple times Every week, we have people who are just dedicated to project managing, to work with the managing editors and the the producers to make sure that the work is being done the right way and everybody's looped in properly. You know, each market's different. There's different, you know, ideas, different players, different types of topics that really resonate in the different markets. So we really, you know, we make a purpose to really talk to everybody as much as possible to do projects that we know will work within the individual market. So we're not spinning our wheels, you know, just because maybe it was a good idea one time and really to, to listen, you know, we, again, the, if we're not listening to what the markets need, what topics they want to cover, the things that they want to do, then anything that we do, it's just wasted time, right? We need, we need the engagement. It's up to the local markets to make the decisions on how they're going to promote things, what they're going to focus on, what the best topics are in the news right now. And we have to, do that dance with them. And, and that's where we've been most successful is when we, we meet them. Yeah. And I was seeing a number of remarkable projects that the teams built out, like the Texas Bill Tracker that really exemplifies accountability journalism to help readers track bills throughout the legislative process. And then various data-driven projects like the California Air Quality Map and a Neighborhood Walkability Map and all of these reader tools that just harnesses data and presents them to readers in a very accessible way. So I kind of want to hear more about how you are building out these projects and getting them from A to Z, from development and into the reader's hands. So yeah, we do such a wide variety of projects. It's hard to speak to it all, like even at a high level, because it's like, you know, the difference between something that's that's a photo driven, you know, best kind of local photojournalism in the world is happening in, in San Francisco. And the process that, that that a project that puts that at the front 
you know, the difference between that and like a, a deep data dive using D3 that, you know, puts forward these really whiz bang interactive graphics that tell a really complex story simply like it's just two different tracks. But I would say that, you know, focusing on visual journalism, right? And it's not because that's the end all be all of all journalism. It, it's just a table leg of what we're trying to do. But there's a lot of room there for innovation, a lot of room for interactivity. So we look at those types of stories. What are the stories that could really benefit the reader, you know, whether on a desktop screen or on their phone or, or wherever, you know, a visual component or, or visual storytelling could really help them understand what's going on in their community. So we kind of start there. And, you know, sometimes we work with the the data teams in the markets. And so that's going to have be a certain kind of project. And it's going to be Obviously, data is your primary source, very data forward, very data visualization heavy, you know, oftentimes through D3 framework and interactive graphics or static graphics that, that tell a complex story simply. And sometimes it's a it's a reader tool that's driven by data, but isn't about a moment in time analysis. It's about how can we provide data to our readers in real time at a local level that that the search engines or our national competitors aren't going to be able to do. So that's that's stuff like you said, the air quality tracker. You know, we, we were the the first publication to publish a California COVID tracker at the beginning of the pandemic. We started the fire tracker, which now you can get on Google and everywhere else. And, you know, those were about how can we, we don't want to turn it into a, you know, a 40 inch story with the photos. I mean, we want to put a tool out there that takes data that it's hard for readers to get out online, picking and searching. And we want to put it right in front of them in the easiest way that they can understand so that they can make decisions that, you know, could be just to make their day a little bit easier. Or it could be a decision that, that helps save lives. And again, that's one track, right? And um, sometimes it's a very, you know, a very high touch project that's 25,000 words and, but it could really benefit from a, a visualization or a, an interactive component and the dev up or the local design graphics and visual teams will get in there and they'll develop something that, that is really additive to the project. So I want to shift focus into delving into the whole buzz of generative AI and this entire experimental phase that everyone is in right now. I want to learn more about how you're thinking about AI strategy with generative AI coming into the mix and what role do you see it playing in the future of local journalism? Yeah, I mean, it, it's such a big topic, as you know, better than I do it. You know, for us, it's it's really a balance, and I, I preach balance, and the leadership here preaches balance. And you know, again, my lane is really just editorial, and you know, where editorial meets development and content strategy. And I think in that lane, you know, we're really saying how can we balance caution and innovation, right? Because our brands have these reputations, and everything's built on our our ethics and the way that we've done our journalism for decades and decades and decades. And you know, we don't want to you know shoot that away because of rushing an experiment out to market. That said, I mean, it's so exciting and there's a, such opportunity there that we are embracing it. And we don't have the the biggest team. We're, again, we're in local news. And so we need to make some smart bets. So we're really at the beginning of this, again, because it's such a broad topic, we're really focusing on what are the ways that we can harness this operationally to improve our journalism, you know, and it's, that's really right now for at least the editorial side. Again, lots of folks across the company, lots of folks across the division are working on this. It's not just sitting only on my team by any stretch. For my team and what we oversee with the newsrooms, it's really about how can we use this game-changing technology? I mean, transformational, whatever adjective you want to throw on it, right? How can we harness that in some way to improve our, our journalism at the local level? 
And what are like the top key concerns that you're having and assessing right now with generative AI before like pushing that into production? I think, you know, from our perspective editorially, it would just be, we don't want to pretend that this is a replacement for journalists. We don't want to pretend that, you know, we can just quickly throw something up there that replaces the stories that we're painstakingly reporting. You know, we we don't want to, we want human eyes on anything that goes under our brand. Now, there's other applications where that's not necessary, right? But for creating, you know, high touch, local, quote unquote, artisanal journalism, like we want a human involved at every step and we still see tons of opportunity with that rule in place. And talking about editorial, I really want to touch upon the concern in the industry right now with the rise of chatbots as the means of delivering content, and particularly with like AI-driven search chatbots potentially impacting traffic that we get from search engines. Are you ready to enhance your future in tech? Then it's time to make your move to the UK, the nation that has more tech unicorns than France, Germany, and Sweden combined. The nation that was third in the world to have a $1 trillion tech sector valuation. The nation where great talent comes together. Visit gov.uk forward slash great talent to see how you can work, live, and move to the UK. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. And just given the number of publications under the Hearst brand, I'd like to hear your thoughts on this matter. Like, how concerned are you about the potential effects of search traffic? And how are you thinking about approaching any potential decline while these AI-powered technologies are being embraced? Yeah, I mean, it's a great question. And I mean, I think the the threat's already here. And it's something that's going to affect anyone who's depending on, you know, search traffic for for audience growth. And I don't think it eradicates the need to write really smart content that has the best kind of search tactics in it, because that often means that you're putting your best foot forward across all the platforms, really. You know, our main focus is doing, again, high quality, like local journalism for, you know, subscriber sites, not just for subscribers, but it's the goal that we have is we want to build our subscriber base so that we can continue to fund the newsroom, continue to grow the newsroom and continue to do high quality local journalism. So, and that's in that framing, search is super important. Our subscribers are obviously on search. They find us through search, even if they're, they have a subscription that allows them to come to us in any way they want. So we still want to have the right tactics in place where our stuff is coming to the top. But at the same time, if you're a local publication where a lot of your strategy is built on utility from search readers looking for specific keywords, like, you know, that's endangered now. And it's time to, to look for other ways for growth, right? It doesn't mean you abandon search. It doesn't mean you abandon utility content. There's still a huge appetite for that. And there always will be. And again, locals at an advantage here too, I believe. So you keep doing the work that you believe in, but if the whole strategy is like how many cheap clicks I can strangle out of search keywords, then you're probably in the wrong side of the business anyway right now. 
Yeah, exactly. And talking about AI strategy, what are like the key questions you're thinking about in terms of assessing the opportunities along with the challenges of building out AI tools right now to help power content throughout the publication? Yeah, I think we're early on now. We're ahead of some places, but, you know, obviously the work that's already being done across the world right now is is staggering how quickly everyone's pivoting. But for us, it's how can we, how can one slice of this tech, again, we're talking about something is, that could possibly rival mobile phones or the internet, right? So, you know, how could one slice of this tech help us improve local journalism? I mean, that's looking really kind of at a small speck of what's possible overall. And for that, we want to, you know, our whole approach is, you know, again, bouncing caution and innovation. So first step is how can we create tools for our journalists to make their jobs easier so that they can continue to do the best local journalism in their bar- markets bar none. And that's where we're putting our effort to begin with while still trying to experiment and look for ways where we can do more reader facing stuff, more abstract stuff. So one approach would be how can we harness the improvements in generative AI to create newsroom tools that our reporters, our producers, our editors can use every day to save them five, 10, 15 minutes a day. And then if you take that, you take a step back, the savings that that would get your organization and the overall improvement in the high quality, high touch journalism, you know, could be staggering over the course of time, right? I think there's also a huge opportunity for local news organizations. You know, we're pretty lucky. We have a lot of really awesome editorial engineers, graphics developers, and others who use coding to present local journalism in new, exciting, and innovative ways. But not everybody has those options. Not everybody's been invested in the way we have by Hearst. So the opportunity for this tech to help local newsrooms build things through code or hasten you know, the time it takes to build something if you only have a couple devs on your entire staff, I mean, you could have a massive impact you know, the just in the quality of the storytelling really, really quickly, right? So we're really excited about that opportunity as well. Yeah, and you're also exploring other opportunities with like We Are and gamifications. I was seeing that on the DevHub's website. And so I kind of just wanted to touch upon those topics. How are you seeing those kind of models as well evolve with the content strategy for local journalism? Yeah, so for the DevHub, one of our main mandates is just to help you know, spearhead innovation across our group, because when you're doing, you know, best in class daily news coverage, it's hard to take the time to try something new and experimental and possibly something where you'll fall flat on your face. And, you know, that happens. And and we've, of course, fallen on our face a few times, right? But you got to try. And, you know, I think we're really excited that Hearst has given us the opportunity to, to take some, some big swings, even if it's a little risky. So that's kind of in our in our DNA, really. And that's why, you know, we had graphics reporter in San Antonio, not even on the Deva, but just working for the San Antonio Express News. And on his, in his side time, he developed a internal AI-driven, you know, news audience tool that we're now going to take across the group, right? He did that on his own because he felt like he was empowered to innovate and to take risks and to try something that he was interested in that he thought could help other journalists across our network. When it comes to VR or 3D, we got a couple of projects in development right now, and we have to balance, you know, helping the newsrooms cover big breaking news in their markets. We have to balance the maintaining and improving the templates that that our newsrooms use, but we also need to make time and for innovation. And so we always have a couple of projects that are kind of pushing us forward, you know, and again, if you're, if you're a big national pub with a huge 
staff of people who code or, you know, interactive journalists or whatever you want to call them, you know, you've always got these things churn and churn and churn. And for us, we really got to try to take the right bets, try to bet on some tech that'll really push us forward in the way that we do journalism, the way that we do our storytelling. And for us, we see tons of opportunity with 3D and letting that kind of take us into like more of a VR experiential thing as the year goes on. And with gamification, you know, obviously like quizzes is like a real kind of like base entry point, but what's the next step of that? You know, we've had some experimentation in the markets recently where it's kind of like a choose your own adventure type interactive experience. And it's not that that's, that in and of itself is going to, you know, define our journalism, but it is something that that helps readers see that we're always innovating. We're always trying to, you know, present stories in new and exciting ways. And, you know, when you come down to the local level, you know, the, if we're do if we're not doing that, then, then who is right. So we really make a point to try to keep pushing that both on my team. And then, you know, the markets themselves are pushing themselves and doing a really great job as well. With all of these different experimentations going on and projects at the DevHub team, I really want to hear more about your personal journey in terms of like leading the team and what challenges have you kind of had to overcome with building out these projects. And now with AI coming into the realm as well, how are you going to be looking at those obstacles in your newsroom? Yeah, it's a great question. And I think number one, it's never boring, right? Like, you're in journalism, local journalism, national journalism, wherever. Every day is different. It's never boring. It's why I got into this. It's why I'm still here, you know, and it, it's what makes it exciting. It also can make it tough, right? Because just when you think you're getting something figured out, then boom, you know, something like GPT-3 comes out in November and everything changes, right? You think you've got election, you know, infrastructure figured out, and boom, something changes and, you know, a national pub does something and you're like, wow, how did we not think of that? So then you got to pivot for the next election. You know, something changes, boom, and the, you know, news happens in a market and the projects you're working on are not the most important thing anymore because news happened, well, real life happened and it's time to adjust. So that's always the hard thing is how do you keep these kind of bigger things going? How do you keep innovation going when our first priority across the board for everybody in this organization is to provide the best news coverage bar none in our in our local markets, right? For me personally, it's it's more with all the ideas and all the possibilities out there, how do I just keep making things happen? And luckily I got a brilliant team that, you know, can both juggle and innovate and do really high-end journalism, you know, without having to reinvent the wheel every time. And being surrounded by that many people makes my job pretty easy. But again, it's it's a juggling act and, and that's part of the fun, but it's also the biggest challenge. And kind of drawing upon your entire experience thus far, I really want to learn more about some key insights that you've gained and recommendations you'd have for other newsrooms that are right now trying to establish all of these AI tools and harness upon these technologies, what kind of lessons have you learned that you think would be valuable for other newsrooms who are looking at AI right now? Yeah, I think first to kind of break it down to local, because, you know, I think that if you've got a pretty big staff, like a national pub or whatnot, I'm sure they already have complete teams dedicated to this, not to mention the reporting going on on the sides to really inform everybody. For us, you know, it's the advice I would say is like, just let some people start to nerd out on this stuff. Again, the the thing, the tool that's the farthest along that we're developing, we got a few things coming out soon, but the this tool that we're going to be rolling out across all of our newsrooms, it started with one graphics reporter in San Antonio because he was frustrated with some of the kind of repetitive tasks that he had to do in his job. And he was smart and he, he developed the beginnings of a tool that then had been fleshed out as the tech has improved. And now it's going to be something that saves everybody across 
our entire newsroom network time every day. His boss at the time could have gotten in the way of that and said, no, we need you to do your exact job. Every, you know, instead she said, look, like, yeah, definitely do that on the side, still create the stuff we need you to create. But she was smart enough and a good enough manager to say, this is cool. Keep going. You know, and I think that's hard to do in, in the news business and harder to do in, in local news environment where we're all overworked. Everybody's overtaxed and there's not enough resources, you know, anywhere. Right. And being able to, to have the foresight to say, we got to experiment, we got to try this out, we got to let this guy go. That's the biggest thing. And then, too, I think, you know, what I'm seeing here, again, Hearst is pretty unique. They've funded these types of innovation teams for years and years, and we've got a really nice runway, and it allows us to do things that not everybody can do. But we've got, you know, they immediately kind of said, look, let's bring that guy onto the depth hub so his impact can be, can have a bigger impact across the network. And there's also people in other teams, right? Like, it's not just limited to, like, one team squirreled away on the side that's in charge of innovation, like we got our thing going on the dev up, but then product, the, the product team is looking at, you know, AI in a totally different way, but really exciting stuff happening over there. And, you know, marketing is looking at, at how it can help them improve their business and the finance team. And, you know, everybody is kind of like, how does this apply to us? And everybody's kind of got that experimental innovation mindset to where they're looking through their lens about the best way that this tech can, can help them do their jobs. And, you know, nobody's saying, no, 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 everything has to go through one two person team or, or one person, one leader, you know, we want to have organizational wide rules, of course. Right. But we don't want to limit the ability for people to, to figure this thing out. So Tim, just to wrap things up, I really want to understand more about what are you most excited about AI and the future of local journalism and how do you kind of envision the future of the news industry evolving, especially for local journalism with the rise of generative AI? Yeah, I think first off, possibilities are endless. And I couldn't even imagine saying, you know, oh, three years from now, like who knows, right? Like, it's going to be so transformational, I couldn't even predict. But I do think local, we we have some advantages as long as we stick to our guns and, and really focus on doing the highest quality local journalism in the market. And, you know, we say that ad nauseum, but we we mean it. And that's where we've seen success over the, over the years. But I think there's going to be an advantage for local in the short term. I think there's an advantage when it comes to creating the the data-driven tools and, you know, reader-facing and newsroom-facing that, that we've been able to develop because you can't just take those out of the box. And then, again, we throw around this, like, artisanal term that our product lead uses, and I, I love it, but there will be an opportunity for that kind of work. The high-touch, really beautifully written narrative journalism, really striking photojournalism, you know, the the really sharp data-driven approaches and analyses to local issues, those won't be replicated, at least in the sh- in the short term, right? And, and so we want to keep pushing on those and putting those as our best foot forward. And then also, at least right now, there is an ability to really continue to own live local news coverage that, you know, has been our kind of a number one priority for years and years. And we want to continue to focus on on that in our newsroom. So so those are all places where I think we we got opportunity where it's going. Again, I think if we can democratize interactivity, coding, experiential journalism through this technology, then that can, you know, not just here at HMP and Hearst, but, you know, across local journalism that can create enormous opportunities and much better journalism overall. And I'm excited to see where, where that goes. The ability to to really enhance 
inefficient size, people's time, right? Like if we can, we're not able to cover every board meeting. We're not able to cover every city council meeting that we should, you know, and in some places, some news deserts, none of it's being covered. What if this technology can allow, you know, our readers, our communities to have better information, better insights into what's going on around them in the halls of power and, and as decisions are being made and money's being spent. I mean, that that's really exciting to think about. And I also think that, you know, if we just keep our, ethics and ideals in line and understand that our strength is in our reputations and, and the approach that we have to, to news, then that will win out in the end. Yeah, exactly. Really focusing on that quality journalism. And that's kind of like what I'm taking away, that the power of transformation that's possible for local journalism in the age of AI is exciting. It's a very exciting future that you're painting for us there, Tim. And thank you so much for being on the Newsroom Robots podcast. This has been such an exciting conversation to hear all about what Hearst Newspapers is up to. It's great to meet you. And thanks for having me. That was Tim O'Rourke, the Vice President of Content Strategy at Hearst Newspapers. If you like what you hear on the podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. This podcast was made possible thanks to the Spark Grant from the Harvard Innovation Labs. I'm Nikita Roy, and thank you for listening to Newsroom Robots. Are you ready to enhance your future in tech? Then it's time to make your move to the UK. The nation that has more tech unicorns than France, Germany and Sweden combined. The nation that was third in the world to have a $1 trillion tech sector valuation. The nation where great talent comes together. Visit gov.uk forward slash great talent to see how you can work, live and move to the UK.